kids and I went to a summer camp and I met, mm-hmm. I met kids who played music and it, it just, it never occurred to me that, that you, that like kids could play music, you know, that you could get an instrument and learn to play it and then make music with other people. So I met those kids and I saw them play music and then I came home and I, you know, I asked my dad to buy me a, an instrument and then I just started playing in my bedroom. Welcome to Off Key, a member on Labs podcast about music professionals for non-music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. Today I'm talking to Vancouver singer-songwriter Jasper Sloan Yip on when he first started making music, his decision to leave university to travel and focus on music full-time, and his role as music director of CITR Radio. If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. They really do help. And without further ado, let's get right into my conversation with Jasper. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, I, I grew up in Vancouver. Yeah, just on uh, the west side of Vancouver. And aside from a year that I spent in Europe, I've lived here my whole life. Oh, nice. Where were you in Europe? Well, I, I was all over the place. Um, at the time, I had family living in Brussels. Um, so I spent a lot of time coming and going out of Brussels, which is pretty central. So I, I you know, I, I think I visited 15 countries in that year in oh. Europe uh, and a little bit in North Africa and I went to Turkey too. Oh, so cool. I was, um, I spent last fall studying in Milan. Oh, um, nice. And it was, it was so nice. And it's like so nice being over there and just being able to kind of like country hop literally just like for a day. Cause obviously in Canada, we can't really do a lot of that. I know you can just hop on the train and, and be in a completely new country so quickly. So quickly. It's pretty great. How did you first get into music? Music? Uh, well, as a child, I was very uh, interested in music. Like, I, I listened to music constantly, or like as much as I could, uh, just listening to the radio and stuff. But I didn't really get into it uh, until I was like a young teenager or like, you know, an adolescent. And I went to a summer camp and I met, mm. I met kids who played music. And it, it just, it never occurred to me that, that you, that like kids could play music, you know, that you could get an instrument and learn to play it and then make music with other people. So I met those kids and I saw them play music and then I came home and I, you know, I asked my dad to buy me an instrument and then I just started playing in my bedroom and that would have been, yeah, in my early teens, something like that. So you taught yourself how to play kind of mostly? Oh, completely. Yeah. I just... I, my first instrument was a bass guitar, and I just hung out in my room and I played. I played song. I played it along with my stereo, and then when I was 16, I got a six-string guitar, like a guitar. Um, and by that point, I had been sort of goofing off with some of my friends, and we had a we had a band, and we were just we would just make noise in the basement together. Um, but I, at home, like on my own, I would, I would, uh, yeah, play and write. Um, and then when I got a job for the first time and I started getting money, my first paycheck I actually spent on a four-track cassette recorder, an old Tascam four-track. And then I started recording music. And I was maybe I was 16 or 17 around that time. And then, yeah, I just sort of, it turned into this, um, I guess the year before I went to Europe, um, I had been writing a lot of music, but I'd never performed. And then I was like, I decided to leave university and go to Europe, but I had all these songs recorded and I just thought it'd be fun to make like a little record out of them and release them to my friends. So I, I did, I compiled them on a CD and I made it like 200 copies of it. And my dad and I built a stage in our backyard and I did, I did a concert that lasted like 20 or 25 minutes. And then, um, yeah, a few days later, I went to Europe. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, 
it, it was kind of this like very slow discovery process for me. Um, I was always very, you know, I, I can't, I feel like I came to music late and uh, I sort of developed slowly and privately for a long time. Were you like writing a lot of music during that time or were you kind of just like doodling around and like trying to figure things out or was it? It was kind it was, of both. Yeah. It was both. I mean, I was writing like even before I was playing music, I would write sort of angsty poetry and stuff like that. And I attempted to write fiction. And I, I was always interested in writing. I was interested in writing before I was interested in music, actually. Uh, so I would write stuff, you know, and then the music thing happened. And um, I, uh, I could always kind of sing. Like, I always liked singing. So it just, you know, once I started, once I had an instrument in my hands and, and I was already writing stuff, I just... It happened, it happened very naturally. I was just, yeah, writing songs and poems and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what kind of music were you listening to at the time? I'm curious, uh, just based on your sound now, I guess, <laughs> and how that, like, what was it kind of similar? Were you listening to something really different? I mean, I was listening to, I was listening, everything I listened to was very mainstream because, you know, this was like, you know, growing up, I just had, I had FM radio, I had that and I had you know much music yeah so I listened to whatever they played and um and then yeah I had really mainstream taste because I didn't know where else to get music from like I didn't really I like on the weekends I'd go to A&B Sound and I'd buy CDs um and I I think my taste was like pretty bad I listened to a lot of of uh mainstream rock and roll and like that whole rap rock thing I got pretty caught up in that <laughs> um I always liked you know I've always liked pop music so yeah it was pretty much top 40 stuff and then you know once file sharing started with the mm -hmm. internet and everything that's when my tastes sort of started diverging into more uh independent stuff and underground stuff but um yeah it was for a long time I had pretty pretty bad taste in music I I, I think so you said that you had started university and then made the decision to kind of put that on hold um, to start traveling. Could you tell me a little bit about that and like what were you studying at the time? Sure, yeah. I went to UBC right out of high school for two years and I studied, um, I focused on history and English, but I took a ton of electives. Like I took some painting and drawing and... Uh, uh, a little bit of psych, um, a little bit of philosophy. Uh, it was a pretty, I was pretty uh, unfocused. I, I knew I wanted, I knew I liked history and English and I was, I, I liked, I liked that, the humanities in general, but I didn't really know why I was like at university. And uh, after two years, I, I, you know, I made the decision to take a break because I didn't really see it going anywhere, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I hadn't really traveled before. So I really wanted to travel. And I had some money saved up and, and I had family in Europe. So it just made sense for me to go to Europe. You know, it was possible. So uh, it was a really good decision for me, actually, because I wasn't like I didn't really belong at, at university at the time in my life. Um, and then when I was away, I uh, that's when I kind of decided to, to play music because um, I was writing a lot while I was away. I spent a lot of time alone that year. Uh, just traveling, you know, and I'd never spent a I've never spent long periods of time by myself. So that, coupled with like an, like nothing but free time and tons of new experiences, it was really good for me, and I it really like opened me up. I think cognitively and emotionally, and um, yeah, I decided. I remember being in um, I was in Amsterdam with a friend of mine. And it was like the middle of the night and I just decided like on the spot for some reason to, to, to not go back to university when I got home and to play music. And that kind of that's what I did. That's I feel like those um, like sometimes you really need to do that. And I feel like this is not as much the case anymore. But um, like I know in Europe, like they really encourage a gap year between high school and university or like figuring it out. And I think. It's becoming more popular in North America, but most people still, for the most part, like will jump into like college or university right after high school. And I know, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to agree with you. I think a lot of people feel pressured to, you know, to jump on some kind of career path right away. 
you know, for out of fear of, of not doing so and being left behind. And I mean, that's certainly, I don't know. I just went to university cause I didn't know what else to do. And yeah. that's like, that's what everyone that I knew was doing. And, uh, I just didn't have anything better to do. So yeah, no, taking that year off is like probably the best decision I ever made. <laughs> yeah. I took, um, two after high school to just like travel oh, a little bit and save some money. And I know, I found it really helpful just because by the time I was ready to go to school, I was literally like, okay, I'm learning. I'm keeping my head down for four years. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get the degree and then I'm going to be out of there. And I feel like it was good because I, like, I know like now, I mean, I'm finishing now, but I've like spent my degree very focused, right? which has been nice. And I feel like it's been very um, intentional. Yeah. Cause you knew why you were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go when you went traveling? Um, I had the intention to spend like two or three months in uh, London, England, mm-hmm. um, but I ended just because of like some family stuff that went on. I had to come back early, so I was only there for a month. So I mostly just worked um, mm-hmm. during that time and then, yeah, spent a month in London, fell in love with the city yeah. um, and then went back, went to school and then ended up like, I think the summer after first year spending like another like month and a bit in like a month and a half in um Asia because like the travel bug wasn't quite out yet and it still isn't Um, (laughs) yeah it was really good I like I did find it really helpful and it was a good yeah just like two years of just I guess becoming a fully formed person ish I mean yeah it's just you can't know what's out there so you go exactly once you you go once you start leaving your home and going to new places it just uh, it's the world is so big you know Exactly. You, yeah. You you forget it too. Like I forget, I forget all the time. If I get too wrapped up in my own, my own thing, I I just forget that there's so many other like ways of life out there and perspectives and yeah. Totally. And it kind of like if you're feeling a little bit too um, how do I say? I think your thoughts are a little bit too all-consuming. It's kind of nice to be able to be somewhere where. There's such like a nice sense of anonymity and you're right, like spending that time alone. I also found mm-hmm. to be very, very clarifying and kind of puts things into perspective a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy to spend lots of time alone. No, but I if you're not, really if you're not used it. to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, me too. Me too. I, I don't, cause you know, I don't really spend a lot of time alone anymore. It's, it's, um, yeah, you know, patches of, like little stretches of time here and there, but like to spend to spend more than a day alone now is really rare, you know? I would those... find sometimes with travel, if you like spend too long by yourself and then you'll go to like a restaurant or something and you're kind of like starved for conversation. <laughs> yeah, and you're, like a kind of weird manic person with a server just because you're like, oh, hey, like I haven't talked to a person yeah. in three days. Yeah, do you want to you join me? Like sit yeah. down. Have... <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> But that's good. It opens you up. And, you know, then you meet people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then after traveling in a bit, I guess this is fast forwarding um, a bit. But you also returned back to university, I read, in 2014. And kind of how was it yeah. this second time around? And were you still like studying the same things or did you kind of pivot a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've gone back a few times since. Like basically... Uh, sort of between album cycles when I can, like I'll do a couple semesters here and there at, uh, at UBC and um, oh, it's great. I love it. Like I'm such a good student now <laughs> and like I, you know, I feel like I really get a lot out of the courses and I, 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 I'm just so stoked to be there. It's been a while since I've done a course now, a couple of years, but um, yeah, in, in the times that I've gone back since leaving, they've been, it's been great. That's and I'm awesome. um, yeah, pr- pretty much studying the same things, um, just English, history, and philosophy, really. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, like, any sort of, um, like, humanities-based courses are so applicable to kind of every area of life. Oh, yeah. So, and it's also just interesting. Like, those are my yeah. favorite courses to do, but most of my electives were in, um, like, art history and history, and I loved them. Did you do it like a like business or something, or, or um, what, was your, what was your focus? I, yeah, I'm in business commerce um, and I am focusing in entrepreneurship, but my first two years of the way my program is structured, um, it's like just mostly electives and then a few prereqs. Right. So I just did like a ton of art history classes um, and 
had the way my program been able to accommodate this, I would have definitely done like a minor in art history or something like that. Unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't work well with the business program that I'm in, right. which is too bad. Um, but yeah, I really like I love art and history and yeah, it's just so fun to learn. It's the good stuff. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so Jasper, for anyone who's unfamiliar with your music, how would you kind of describe your work? Well, my 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 records are are they're kind of eclectic. Uh, I, I I would call them eclectic, and they're they're they've always been very uh, singer songwritery, very uh, sort of lyrically focused and very very personal like it's it's kind of i've never really been able to avoid being really personal with the music stuff so i i you know i call it like the current iteration i call it uh like orchestral pop Mm -hmm. sort of a sort of chamber pop or pop um and i you know i compare it to stuff like like it's kind of like death cab or sufian or uh uh, I don't know, Beirut, stuff like that, Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. I usually throw names like that out there to try and give people an idea of what it is. Yeah, it's a hard thing. I know and every time I ask this question, people are always like, um. <laughs> I know, I know, because I've been, yeah, I've, I've been asked that question a lot. And now I ask people that question all the time, too. And, um, but it's, it's like still, a, it's like a fair question, you know? Like I, when I meet people who are in bands, I'm like, okay, what's, like, what's the sound? Like, you mm-hmm. know, what's the... I, I find a good way of asking people of like their, their band, like what they sound like, is just being like, what, uh, what kind of instruments, like what's your um, band setup? Like what kind of instruments do you use? Usually that gives you a good idea too. Or it gets people at least thinking like, not thinking in terms of labels, but thinking yeah. in terms of, of sound. Yeah, that is a good tip. Yeah. I may steal that for yeah. demo. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not that I know enough <laughs> about instruments to be able to take a lot away from that but yeah yeah. enough (laughs) sure so with your band and your I guess like songwriting process because you're saying your work is really um lyrics driven do you write your music yourself and is that kind of done what am I trying to say here with your band or is that kind of what you take on I write the way it works for us is I write songs that have I generally bring the band completed songs that I have. Um, so basically, I'll have I'll have a melody and I'll have an arrangement of of parts, you know, verse, chorus, bridge, whatever. And I usually have the lyrics written, and then we arrange the songs together. And pretty much everything is is subject to change. Like it's not like I'm married to the to the song as it is when I bring it to them. Like often people will have ideas and it changes. It might change like a time signature or we might rearrange the structure um, or whatever. But generally speaking, the lyrics don't change and the melody doesn't change. But uh, we will build sort of, we, I, I generally provide a central melodic theme and then we arrange parts around the theme and we arrange the structure uh, or we change the structure if we need to. Um, so it is very, it is, quite collaborative I, I feel like the songs that I bring can can really end up being any version of themselves depending on what the band comes up with if that makes sense totally no no it does cool yeah um you've been working with the same have you been sorry have you been working with the same band for a while or has that yeah well my band has evolved over over the years there people have come and gone um and everybody came into the band very naturally, sort of. Uh, there were people that I met at shows or, you know, who played in other bands that we played with. And then we just started playing together or they were friends of friends, that kind of thing. Uh, the current lineup has been stable since t- uh, like 2013. We haven't subbed anybody in and out for a long. Like we're very much, it's a very fixed lineup at this point. Um, but, but that being said, there are lots of other collaborators who who we play with sometimes based on availability like there's multiple people who play who have played drums with us over the years there's probably five or six drummers that in in vancouver that know you know most of my set and and there's like a bunch of bassists and stuff but there's there is a core group there of seven of us that is like the band do you find that as 
kind of band member members change and things like that because it's like it's it's a band but it's like it's like a little anytime you've got like a little group of people it's like a little organization i guess oh, um, for sure. do you find that the i guess we could use the term like culture or like the dynamic of the group changes significantly with people yeah. moving in out yeah oh yeah yeah sure sure i mean it's it's a it's a super personal relationship mm-hmm. it's it's not like it's like it is like being in a there are a lot of similarities between playing music with people and being in a in like a, an involved romantic relationship with them like it's it's they're not the same but there's a lot of parallels and uh yeah anytime you change the vibe like any anytime you change a person out of, the, out of a, a really close group like that it, it affects everything and that you know that can be good and bad right sometimes you you make a you make changes and it things really improve and sometimes you make changes and things are fine but they're not as good but it's also musically it's exciting too because you can you know i can take you can sub out a, a drummer let's say and uh, it changes really everything and it can so it can breathe new life into songs or it can make you play them completely differently in a way that is exciting so yeah it's it's um i mean we i i think that that like the personal relationship is more important than the musical relationship. Um, I think it's more important to like the people to just enjoy spending time with the people you make music with. Like that is more important than like how well somebody plays their instrument. Mm -hmm. I think you get better results if you're just like hanging out and having a good time with each other. Um, I think that the overall sound and feeling that you generate together is way better than when you're playing together with people who have like really great chops, but there's no social chemistry. Yeah. It's an interesting relationship. You released your most recent album, Post Meridium, in October of 2017. Uh, Kind of what were some of the major themes or inspirations behind the work? Well, Post Meridium... Postmortem turned into this like narrative concept album uh, on its own. It was really interesting process. Uh, at the time, I had been writing songs, and then um, they were all like I sat down one day and I like put them all on a table, and I was looking at these songs, and then I noticed that if I sort of shifted things around a bit, you know, made a few tweaks here and there, and put them in a certain order, then I, I suddenly had this really cohesive linear narrative about these two people and um i've since um i've actually like given a few talks about it to some songwriting classes and stuff and so i like really dove deep into the album and and yeah i've realized that it is it is this 24 hour it's like this narrative about these two people and you spend 24 hours with them and you get to you like go in and out of their head and you watch them like in their in their house and stuff and uh, there's lots of themes. There's like a lot of uh, temporal anxiety. Um, you basically, like every song refers to the sun going up and down. And there's lots of references to marriage and like anxiety about that. And th- there's lots of uh, ki- like ki- the, the failure of, to communicate is like a pretty heavy motif. So yeah, it's, it's an album. But, but the, the interesting thing is, is like I didn't really do that on purpose it just kind of happened it sort of like made me think that that I've developed this whole sort of theory about the way I write songs and how I think it's like largely subconscious and and, um, I don't actually believe anymore that like I have much control over what I write about that's really interesting because I feel like in everyone that I in most people that I've talked to they've written music based on their own experiences but it sounds like I mean whether or not like your own experience were weaved your own experiences sorry were weaved into the work it sounds like you were kind of almost writing like a narrative for somebody else is that like an approach that you often take no I mean this 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 like it was pure fiction the album but it was very much it was very much rooted in my in my my own experience yeah. Like I was, I was writing about myself, but it was like you know this. I guess if you if you wanted to call it like an allegory or something, mm. you could, yeah. But yeah, I I mean I always write for myself and about myself. Um, but but again, like this is just sort of a framework that I p- 
put on the album, like after the fact, you know, it's, you can look at each song individually and and you can, like, I can find different, I can spin them different ways depending on how I feel (laughs) that, that, that given day. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was your third album. Yeah. And your first, I was from what I've been able to find from the Googles um, yeah. in 2010 uh, with Every Day and All at Once. Yes. Did yeah. you, I mean, I know you said that you like realized that this is what happened kind of after the fact of uh-huh. putting together the album, but did you, like, how did you kind of change as a songwriter or was there a lot of change between, you know, the first couple albums and this one or oh, yeah. things similar? No, I mean, so much change. Like the first album, the first album I knew, I knew nothing about how you make records or like, uh, I'd only been, I'd been like performing around Vancouver for about a year at that point when we made that record. Um, and I was, at that time, I, I really just wanted to like write songs and get songs on the radio and be this, like I was really pop, pop focused that time around. And then, I mean, in between that and then the next few years and the next record, I just learned a lot about how you make records. And I learned a lot about instruments and recording. And um, I got better at playing instruments and I met new people. And so I I feel like I've, you know, been refining this whole thing over the years. So, I mean, I can't even listen to that first record if I'm (laughs) totally honest with you. It's it's pretty, um, it's tough for me to listen to. It's so green. Like I hear, I hear just, you know, I hear this younger, it's like looking at, you know, old photos of yourself and like looking at your haircut and being like, what was I thinking? And, I was going to say, like, yeah. <laughs> the clo- you know, the clothes you wore in junior high and like, it's, it's like that for me. Yeah. So. There you like, think you're so cool. I'm like, oh, that's hot shit at the time. <laughs> I know you think you, you think everything's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah so that's how i feel about the first record i like the second record a lot i still like i think it's i think it's really good i think the, i think the number two and number three are good but i can't listen to number one Fair. i mean you gotta start somewhere <laughs> i know it's true like it's there's no i'm not like ashamed of it i, I just yeah. can't, i just don't need to listen to it ever again i think it has like its merits for sure and i think for a first record for you know a kid who who had never really even been in a recording studio for more than a couple hours. Like, it was pretty good. Have you found that your songwriting style has also kind of developed when it comes to, I guess, collaborative songwriting? Since Mm -hmm. you have more experience working with the group, did that kind of change the way that you approach songwriting then? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for for sure. Like, for the last, for Post Meridian, like, I wrote it, I, I wrote it for our string section. Like I'd been playing with Stephanie, Alex, and Devin. There are there are string trio that we're fortunate to have, and we've been playing as a trio since uh, 2013. And um, yeah, I, I I was like, okay, well we have this string section. Let's make this like cinematic sort of orchestral album because like, you know, like why not? Mm-hmm. So I I wrote the album with that in mind for sure, and. Um, it's 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 both a blessing and a curse because I find that like it's really hard to 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 enjoy playing the songs without those three people now, you know, because I because it's it's written for them. So when you if they're not available, it's um, it's tough, you know. But when they are available, it's it's like magic. Yeah. Again, just coming down to like technical prowess versus just chemistry. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, yeah, so, so I definitely have written, yeah, I write songs for them now, really. That's really cool. Yeah. And that album also landed you a nomination for a Western Canadian Music Award for Pop Artist of the Year. And something I'm kind of interested in exploring, I guess, like on the topics of awards and like these really like quantitative measures of like mm-hmm. achievements and quote unquote success. Yeah. Um, success is such like an arbitrary word and it means something really different to everybody but what I guess does success as a musician or even more generally in the music industry kind of look like to you Mm -hmm. 
for me, uh, I feel I feel very successful because I uh, the the band has really become this like art project for me now, and that's that's kind of where it is now. Uh, like I said earlier, when I started, I, I really I was really commercially focused. Like I was looking at it like, oh, I wanna I wanna like, you know be on the radio and I want to tour a lot and I want to do like do this as a job mm-hmm. and I've I've over the years I've realized that I actually don't want that and it was very it's very freeing because like I make music like I make music with people that I that I love and um, I love the music and I love the people and generally speaking we've been able to do it we've been able to um, you know we've been pretty successful with funding and stuff so we're we're able to We've had a degree of creative freedom in the last couple of records that I think we're very fortunate to have. And we, you know, when we get together and we play shows, I mean, these people are my best friends. And, and I just, every time I'm with them, I just feel so lucky that they're here and that they, they're, they want to like play music that I wrote, you know, and it, like for, it, for us, it's just, we just love being together and we love playing and it's not like none of us we don't you know there's no money right like we don't we don't do it for the money we just do it for the joy of it and um, you know every time you do a show and people come it's a it's like a tiny miracle and so I, I feel I don't know I just feel like it's such an amazing thing we get to do we get to travel sometimes and it's you know we get to have these amazing experiences like in connecting with people in other parts of the world and and it's fun and, and I, you know, it's like, I just feel like the luckiest person in the world when I'm doing this kind of stuff with them. So that, I mean, that's what success looks like for me. Like I can't really ask for more and I don't, don't really want more. I just want to make stuff that I'm proud of with my friends and, and then go do tours every now and then they are fun and make records and connect with people. Like that's what more could you want? On the topic of connecting with people, uh, last year you joined the band Ponytails. Yeah. And kind of how has this been different for you compared to working on like your own music project under your name? It's so great. <laughs> like I don't, like I joined Ponytails last year and I'm very much a supportive member of that band. Um, the, the songs are like in this case, they're Harvey and, and Travis generally speaking they write these songs together and they bring them to us and then we, we arrange them so it's pretty much the same way that my band works but but um, but I get to enjoy like playing in a band with people that I love and creating music but I don't have to I don't handle a lot of the administrative stuff that a lot of musicians mm-hmm. don't like doing so um, like I'm having the time of my life playing that band that's amazing it's, uh, yeah it's really it's really great I, I feel like it's like I, I get to have all the fun. It's like being an uncle, you know, or an yeah. aunt. You get you get to have all the fun without having to like go home and change the diaper. That's that's kind of the how I feel about it. That's a really great analogy. Yeah, that. yeah. It actually just came to me right now, and as soon as it did, I was like, "That's perfect. That's, that's exactly." What yeah, that's like. excellent. You get to be the cool uncle. <laughs> you get to be the cool uncle who just plays guitar. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So last month, you announced that you are the new music director for, correct me please if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. CITR, C-I-T-R? Uh, yeah, C-I-T-R. C-I-T-R. Yeah. Um, 101.9 FM. Could mm-hmm. you tell me like a little bit, a bit more about what C-I-T-R is and kind of how you came into your role and kind of what your role is all about, I guess? Yeah, cool. Um, so C-I-T-R is the campus and community radio station on uh, uh, at UBC you know we, we do the radio and then we also publish a, a, a monthly magazine called Discorder um, and it's very much yeah it's a very community local focused operation um, my job as music director first and foremost is to is to process all the music that comes through the station and um, I manage our archive and I, I add music to our library um, and, you know, we, we focus here on local underrepresented content. So that means, you know, content with female identifying members or, you know, non-binary members, queer members, um, people of color, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's what we prioritize. So I spend a lot of time going through music and like 
making decisions about um, what we want to promote because we have a very limited capacity of what we can promote being like a, or like we're a nonprofit sort of community organization that we rely a lot on volunteers and stuff. So, you know, I spend a lot of my time thinking about music in that way. Uh, and I build, I build uh, playlists for our programmers. Um, we have uh, CanCon requirements and uh, um, FemCon requirements. So we, I provide lots of like CanCon, FemCon options for our programmers. And then um, I also produce live events for the station. We do like a battle of bands called Shindig every year. And uh, we do a big uh, outdoor block party called Victory Square Block Party. And then I'm planning like some uh, uh, some live remote broadcast shows that I want to do at, at like different venues around the city and like house shows and stuff. And uh, I'm, I want to do, I'm producing a podcast for the station and I might do a, like a weekly on air show. Um, so there's a lot, like it's the kind of, it's the kind of job that you, you, you get to um, design for yourself, which I've, I've been really enjoying. Like it's, I feel like I have a lot of freedom to, to make, to make it what I'd like it to be. So I've been, um, I've been really enjoying my time out here. And it's really opened my eyes to how much great music is happening locally that I completely did not know about. It was so off my radar. And um, that's what I want to do a podcast about, is about like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to invite people from scenes that I'm not involved with and have them bring me like their favorite local stuff and then we just hang out and talk about it. That's awesome. I, yeah, before starting this podcast, I mean, I was not in a similar boat to you because outside of like being a consumer of music and like having like studied classical piano growing up as like one does, I like music was never something I was into is the wrong word, but it was just mm -hmm. like never something I invested a lot of time into exploring, if that makes right. sense. Because yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's like it's it's so big that I think you do like to do. How do I say this? To do like music justice, other than just like being background music, like I appreciate like putting a little bit of work into it, but it's not something I've done in a really long time. Um, right. So it's been really nice doing this podcast and like being forced in a sense to like go out and look and see what's around and getting pointed into different directions from other people. <laughs> and it's been such a treat to learn about the industry in this way. Sure. There's, I mean, there's so much happening all the time. It's actually kind of overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I often have to like, like take a breath, take a step back, and be like, it's okay, like, and not get overwhelmed by the sheer volume of, of, just, content and the sheer volume of of work that's being produced. Um, when I first started, I felt like a lot of pressure to like, you know, hear everything and make sure like you not let anything good slip by, you know. But mm -hmm. it's just you just can't get in, you just can't go there because it's you you know, you start stressing out and stuff. Um, uh, you just, I do as much as I can to like, to be, to be faithful to, like I do, I do my best to just like really serve the music community here and, and really make sure that like I'm giving everything as much attention as I can. And um, that's all, that's all I can do. And, and I'm trying to try to get lots of other people involved too. Like, like lots of volunteers and other staff of anyone who wants to participate in the music department here is welcome to, um, you know, they can go through submissions with me or, or like even without me and um, make recommendations on things that they thought were great or whatever. Is that like, so do you do that full time then working as the music director? This I've been spending pretty much. Yeah. The last six weeks I've been spending almost all my time doing this. Um, been playing a bit of music yeah actually i've been playing like i played three shows last month so i'm still playing lots of music um but i'm here at the station at least four days a week um it's it's kind of un um like my office hours are are i can i can arrange them as i as i need to which is mm -hmm. great it, i mean it's perfect if you're an artist right you need to travel or whatever and come and go but um yeah i'm here pretty much full time that's really cool that you were able to like really marry like your passion for being like a performing artist and with your own work and like a job as well that was like similar oh. but different yeah i mean i feel i feel extremely fortunate to be to be here at the station it's it's like it's 
it's i mean i think i think the radio is magic i i, I think i have this very romantic attachment to the radio um, that stems back to my childhood and just like sitting like i i can still feel like myself sitting in the living room in my parents house with headphones on and just listening to the to the radio uh and like ripping um <laughs> ripping cassettes off of mm-hmm. the radio you know um i just think i think it's such a privilege to to like have this platform that you to to, to like send waves out into into physical space of like music i just think it's magic so i take it really seriously like i i it's a huge privilege to to be here in this position so i'm i'm trying to make the most of it and i'm trying to like do the do the role justice and really serve it you know i don't take any of it for granted that's for sure do you have any advice for either like a young artist or young professional that's just like interested in music um in regards to like entering the music industry I do, yeah. Um, well, first off, I would say that I mean it's hard. It's hard to like understand this. I think when you're just starting out, but but there's lots of like the, you know there's there's lots of ways to make to make it work in in any business in any field. You know, like uh, the music industry is a good example. Like there's lots of ways you can be involved in the music industry professionally. And there's no reason why you can't do multiple things. I mean, I'm kind of a good example. Like I can, I play music, and I'm, now I have a job in 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 the industry. Um, so I would I would say to young people that like don't be afraid of don't be afraid of of jumping in. Like there's there's always things you can do and ways that you can design jobs for yourself in in the world. It, you know, in general. Um, and I guess if speaking strictly to the to the young artists out there, I would say like, if you can right from the get go, you need to just make music that, or make 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 art that you're really passionate about and make it for yourself. Like don't don't try to be something. Just be you know just be yourself and make the music that that you want to make because it's the only way. I I mean I'm pretty sure it's the only way you find like. Oh, that's not the only. I shouldn't say that. I I, I just think. You can get really, you can get really like, you can get really um, mixed up trying to do the wrong thing here. Like I did myself, you know, when I started making music, I think I was making it for not, not the wrong reasons, but I didn't really know why I was doing it. Or I thought I knew why I was doing it, but I was wrong. And once I started making music on my own terms, I just became so much happier in life. And actually, had, that's, that's when I started having like success. At it is when I let go of, of I just let go of everything that wasn't tied to my own happiness and I just, just started doing it for myself and that's when everything sort of started clicking and yeah my quality of life just improved so much so I you know that's my long-winded advice for young people what are some of the projects that you're working on right now or that you have coming up ponytails is going to be making our, our first full-length record in in June, so in a couple, like two or three weeks, we're making that record. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm working on a podcast for CITR about, you know, Vancouver-based artists and music. And I've started. I think I start taping that tomorrow. That's my first sort of taping session. So I'm oh, really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just getting off the ground now. So I'll work on that, and then I'm continuing to sort of work at the station here and, and sort of try to make it better and better every day. So I do that. And then I'm, uh, you know, I'm slowly writing my next record, which is, I'd say it's probably like, I don't know, almost half written or something like that. It's hard to say, but it's, you know, that's coming along. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it for me. A couple records, podcasts. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you have any shows coming up? I have a show that I'm really excited about uh, in uh, on June 22nd at the Biltmore, um, a good friend of ours, his name's a- Andrew Phelan and he's releasing a record at the Biltmore and we're playing it with our friend Sam Lynch. And it's, it's a really cool show because it's very much like a lot of, a lot of my really good music friends in Vancouver are involved with the show. Um, so I'm going to be playing, I'm going to be opening that show 
And I think I'm going to open it uh, just on piano, like, and I've never done that before. So, and I might, I'm probably going to play a bunch of new songs. So it's like a double whammy. I'm like pretty terrified about it, actually. Um, I'm going to do it on piano, new songs with uh, a string quartet. So it should, it'll be a very unique evening. And I'm, you know, you'll probably see me, if you come to the show, you'll probably see me flail a bit, but like in a really good way. Like, I think, I think shows are the best when you, I like, I like watching people take risks mm-hmm. on stage, you know, um, it's kind of, it's fun to watch someone who's, who's like got their thing dialed down. Like it's that, that, that's satisfying in its own way. But I think it's more special to watch someone like really take a leap on stage. So I, I think I might try to, try to do that. I haven't really decided yet. I haven't like, <laughs> I don't know if I have the guts to do it, but we'll see. Are you usually like, is it usually like you and your guitar kind of situation if you have an instrument on stage? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I play, I've, I've played keys in uh, at shows before, but I've never done an entire set on, on keys. Yeah. So that's, that's an, like, I haven't even been playing piano very long. I just kind of started teaching myself. I'm not even teaching myself. Like I just sit down in front of it and I, I, I bang on it sometimes. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing when I play piano. So that's why it's like scary. I remember my piano teacher once told me, she's like, you know, it's lucky with the piano because all the notes are there. You just need to do something. I, I mean, I know I've heard people say that, but it's like, yeah, they're all there. But like, yeah, just like 88 of them. And I don't yeah, know like like how, they, how they relate yeah. to each other. And, you know, <laughs> no, totally. And Biltmore is such a good um, venue as well. Yeah, Biltmore's great. It's been a long time since I played the Biltmore. Oh my god, like years probably. Um, and I guess lastly, Jasper, where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh yeah, well, pretty much all of my social handles are at Jasper Sloniep. Um, but if you just, I mean, if you just search Jasper Sloniep in Google or even just Jasper Music, I think I've come up pretty quickly. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lynn. This was really fun. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and thanks again, Jasper, for coming on to the podcast. I've linked to the show notes for this episode in the description, so make sure you check those out for some photos, links, and some other media on the topics that we discussed during the episode. Once again, if you enjoyed my conversation with Jasper, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And if you have any topics that you'd like me to bring up with one of our next guests, you can either email me at offkey at membran.net or send me a message at either Membran Labs or Lingsa Arnold on Instagram. Offkey is produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, aka Membran Labs, a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We are also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music's rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membrane Labs, you can find out some more information on our website at www.membranelabs.com. I believe that's it for today. And earlier you heard Strangers playing through the intro and outro of the episode. So now I'll play you out with The Day Passed and The Sun Went Down. Both songs are off of Jasper Son Yip's Post Meridium album. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again next week where we'll be chatting with co-founder of 604 Records, Jonathan Simkin.